listening to the Straight Up Saints podcast. What is up, Houdat Nation? It's Chris Ozogu from the Straight Up Saints podcast presented by Bucru Media and Ornitos Tequila. And let's be real, after the way the Saints played, everyone's going to need some Ornitos Tequila shots because that was probably one of the most disappointing games we've seen the Saints play in a long time, an absolute long time. And there are so many ways to go. I'm probably going to be ranting on here for about an hour and a half with the way that game went. And obviously, I'll have plenty of negative things to say, and I'll try and have some good things to say at the end of the show to kind of Make people feel a little bit better about this team moving forward, albeit that is going to be extremely, extremely tough. And obviously, guys, if you're listening, go on YouTube, go in the stream, leave your comments. I'll pull them up on the screen, but let's get into it. Here is the one thing I absolutely hated from today's Saints game. The Saints, for me, they they showed that they are who I feared they would be. And what I feared that they would be is an inconsistent team that plays down to their competition and basically is just Jekyll and Hyde. One week they're good, one week they're terrible. And right now... I can't get a read on this Saints team. I can't. The only read I have on this Saints team is that they're not very talented and they're not very consistent. That's all I know. They're consistently inconsistent. One week, they're just world beaters. The next week, they stink. The following week, they look good against the Pats and they revert back to stinking. And I don't get it. I really don't get it. And it's really frustrating, especially if you're a fan, you're trying to just get a read on what the heck this team's going to be. And I don't know. Their offense is inconsistent, although I thought I had some bright moments today and I'll talk about that in a second. The defense looked great coming into this game, and then second half was just abysmal. Special teams, don't get me started on special teams. There's nothing special about that side of the ball. There are just a lot of issues with the New Orleans Saints, and I really am upset about it because they're all kind of things that they could fix. So let's just jump into it. Let's talk about what went wrong because you cannot, true home opener, going up against a previously winless Giants team, lose this game. And to lose it when you were up 21-10 to 10 with nine minutes left, is inexcusable, inexcusable. And for me, I think the Saints just kind of played prevent and just didn't, you know, you prevent, when you play prevent, a lot of people say you prevent, you, you know, you play that prevent style so you don't lose, prevent losing. I think you prevent winning. When you play prevent everything, you're just giving up easy yards. And even on offense, you're kind of just looking at the clock winding down, but you're not making much of an impact. And I think that's where the Saints made the mistake. They played not to lose and they put themselves in the bad spot and they deserved to lose. When it got into overtime, I knew the game was over. I said we were delaying the inevitable. You guys all agreed. It was very easy. So they go and they drop it. And this was the opportunity for the Saints. This game against a Giants team that's not very good. And and obviously they played well at times today, but they still have issues because they're a young team and they're learning. This was the week to show that, hey, you're a competitive football team that could be three and one without a lot of key players in the lineup and could really just show that you could be a playoff contender. And now it's week four and I have no fucking clue what the Saints are. And that's on the Saints. That's absolutely on the Saints. You know, I, I, I put that meme out from the Joker. You get what you deserve. You get what you deserve in this case. If you come out here and you play like absolute crap against the Giants, what am I supposed to make out of this team? I don't know. I don't know. I don't don't let my tone fool you. I may sound mad. I'm not going to let the Saints fool, you know, ruin my day just because they didn't show up. I'll be just fine. I'm going to enjoy the rest of my Sunday watching football. But it's just a really frustrating loss. And let's just dive into it and just kind of break down for the defense. Let's talk about the defense. Before I get into the secondary, because I got some thoughts about the secondary, where the hell was the defensive line? I tweeted about it, and I'll say it again. They had a bye week today, and we just didn't know. Cam Jordan, I'm sick of Cam Jordan every week. If it's not one thing, it's another. If it's not talking shit, or if it's not making a bold prediction, if it's not doing that, what is it? What is, whatever Cam Jordan says, it doesn't matter because he doesn't show up on Sundays. And sure, he makes one good play, and when he makes that one good play, we all joke about it and be like, oh, there was Cam. But he gets paid way too much money. And he's been too good for too long to be this bad. And I don't know if they got to kick him into defensive tackle. I don't know if they got to cut him after this year and just eat the dead money. 
I think he's just not that good anymore. He's just not. This is a defensive line that did not pressure Daniel Jones. He was just back there enjoying his, his time in the dome. And when you don't get pressure on the quarterback, guess what that means? Your secondary is going to have to cover for a long time. And guess what the secondary did? It gave up 402 passing yards to Daniel Jones. I don't think Daniel Jones is going to ever have a better game in his life than he did today. I thought he looked fantastic. He hit all his guys in stride. He was making plays. 402 passing yards from Daniel Jones. Do you know how insane that is? If we went into that game and you told me Daniel Jones was going to have 402 passing yards, I'd say, okay, what, like in a two-game span? That's what I would have thought. In one game, he was he was great, and the Saints allowed him to be great. They enabled him to be great. When you don't get pressure on him, you just let him do his thing. It really was just brutal to watch. So the secondary was covering for a while. They didn't look good. Paulson Adebo looked lost, and I just want to say something about Paulson Adebo real quick. I tweeted about him playing bad, and a lot of people were like, oh, is it time to bench, bench Paulson Adebo? He is a rookie playing the hardest position in the sport. Outside of quarterback. I know quarterback's the hardest position. Outside of that, with the way the rules are in today's game, there is no harder position to play than cornerback. So the fact that Paulson Adebo had pr- probably one and a half bad games so far, I'm not ready to kind of lose my, my confidence in him. I think Paulson Adebo is still a talented player. I don't think that this performance is going to change my opinion of Paulson Adebo, but it was a rough outing for him. He looked terrible against Kadarius Tony. So I just want to get that out of the way. So the defense struggled. How about the offense? Can the offense give me something? Well, as bad as the offense was in the first half, and they were bad, I thought the offense was really good for the most part of the second half until the Saints took their foot off the gas, which was really frustrating. And, and something I tweeted about, and I'll, I'll tweet about it probably tomorrow too, just thinking about this game in hindsight, for the Saints to lose, and for the Saints to lose when Jameis Winston looked really good at times, is a heartbreaking way to lose. Because there were times in that second half, guys, where I thought Jameis Winston looked damn good, only had six incompletions. He was throwing the ball down the field, whether it was to Callaway or even the Kenny Stills touchdown that got called back, which I will definitely have something to say about that in a minute. I thought Winston looked really good. So when Winston looks really good and you still come up on the losing end of things, it's a tough pill to swallow. Absolutely. And then hammered on top of the fact that Alvin Kamara was your workhorse today and you used him a lot, kind of like the Panthers used McCaffrey, which is not good. And he delivers. He has over 120 rushing yards and you lose. It's those type of things when Kamara and Winston play so well, that that is what's going to cost you. It absolutely is going to cost you. And I'll talk about Sean Payton a little bit because I thought Sean Payton might have had one of his worst coaching performances we've seen in a while, but it is really frustrating. And looking at the offense, you know, because we talked about the offense, and I said I thought they looked good in the second half. The first half, when the, when the Giants were just bottling up the, the Saints, especially when they got in Giants territory, which was inexcusable too, because when you get in your enemy, enemy's territory, you got to put up points. The Saints weren't doing it. I look at the Giants, and I look at the fact that they didn't have Sterling Shepard, and they didn't have Darius Slayton, and it didn't matter because they still moved the ball because they have weapons. And I think to the Saints, and if the Saints lose a Tony Jones Jr. or the Saints lose a Marquez Callaway, it's like, oh my God, the, you know, the world's ending here. Why? Because this team doesn't have weapons. And that's a problem. That is a big problem for the New Orleans Saints. I'm not saying what the Giants are doing is right. The Giants have not been good for years now. But the Giants have invested in playmakers. So when they lose certain guys like a Shepard, like a Slayton, guess what? A Kadarius Tony steps up, or Kenny Galladay steps up, or Saquon Barkley steps up, or Nevin Ingram steps up. For the Saints, it's like a who's who of practice squads less undrafted guys, and you're relying on them on a week-to-week basis, and it is, it's a lot, guys. It's a lot. So the Giants invested in playmakers. Obviously, the numbers don't show that it's working, but for today, it worked. It worked. And the Saints, on the flip side, they obviously got problems to figure out. So that is another thing there. I want to go back to Jameis. Man, I have, I have like a big problem with this whole Jameis situation. It has nothing to do with Jameis. Sean Payton's got to figure out real quick what he wants to do with Jameis Winston because I know he's in the business of winning football games, so when he has to be conservative to seal the win like he did last week, I'm for it. 
But at some point, we got to take the training wheels off. The training wheels have to come off because either tell us that you, you know, just come out and tell us you don't trust Jameis Winston instead of constantly doing this kind of prevent approach and just playing for the win. And be, and I know the, the name of the game is to win. So I'm not saying Sean Payton should change his approach to the point where the Saints aren't winning games. But the Saints cannot sit here and have a pretty much, I want to say, vanilla offense for most of the game because they don't trust their quarterback. It just doesn't work. That's not going to happen. So at some point, either uncork it and let Jameis Winston loose and we'll live with the results, whether they're good or they're bad, or then do something different at quarterback because it's unfair to Jameis too at this point. I thought Jameis Winston played really well, and I thought in the second half when he's comfortable in the pockets right, I thought he made some good throws. Now, I'm not here to say Jameis Winston's the future. It's week four. I'm not going to do that, but at some point, New Orleans has to make a decision as to what are they going to be with this offense and what are they going to be with Jameis Winston, and that starts with the coach. That starts with Sean Payton. You can't be sitting here keeping the training wheels on in week four. I, I just don't see how that works. I don't think that's a good solution. So, you know what? I'll talk about it in a little bit. Now, let's get into Sean Payton because I see some of you guys are just talking about it in the chat. And by the way, if you're listening on it on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, whatever you're doing, drop your comments in. And obviously, if you're listening on Twitter and they don't allow you to do comments, go on my Twitter account, go to the YouTube link I dropped, come in here, and I will talk about what's going on. I'll kind of bring your comments up on the screen and we could interact on the live stream. So, come on YouTube and let's talk. So, Sean Payton is one of the best coaches in the league. I think I defend him like almost every single podcast episode. This will not be one of those episodes. I thought that Sean Payton was abysmal. I thought Sean Payton's coaching was horrendous. I thought his time management was horrendous. I thought the way he used his timeouts was horrendous. He had one of the worst challenges I've ever seen where he basically just conceded a timeout for what, turning it into third and inches so you could get the crowd going when they could QB sneak and get the first down. And guess what, guys? The Saints needed that timeout because later in the game, it's second and nine and the delay of game happens. Instead of taking a timeout, they didn't want to waste their last time out. So they get to delay a game. It turns into second and 14. And guess what? You're punting two plays later. So the joke's on you anyway. So he had a bad challenge. He milked the whole Taysom Hill thing. I thought Taysom Hill had some fantastic plays today. I thought he was great running inside the red zone. And that's where you really got to use Taysom Hill. When you're in the red zone, it's going to work. But sometimes you got to dial it back because I love using Taysom Hill as a runner. But. When Jameis Winston throws a dime to Kenny Stills that gets called back, and the next play you put Taysom Hill in, and he throws a deep pass, a jump ball to five-foot short Deontay Harris, and that gets picked off, that's on you, Sean Payton, because you're the one who decided to go that route. So I thought that was ridiculous. And yeah, to your point, Winston's throwing the ball a lot more than Taysom Hill. He's only got one more pick to show for it. So I I think that there's got to be a balance, and I know it's not easy. There's a juggling act with Taysom Hill, but why? Are they still having problems with Taysom Hill? It makes no sense to me. It makes no sense that we are into, what what year is it for Taysom Hill now? You're four, you're five, and they still don't know exactly how they want to use him. It's pretty simple. In the red zone, he's a weapon. Over the middle of the field as a receiver, he's a weapon. Even in short down situations or fourth and one, you want to use him, he's a weapon. Stop letting him throw deep. And I get it, the defense is going to creep up. So at some point, you're going to have to mix it up a little bit. But to do that, to play after Jameis Winston has a deep pass that looked really good and just didn't pan out because of a holding call on Troutman, what are, what are you supposed to do at that point? That's on you. That's on absolutely you. So I thought that it was ridiculous. And then, to what I was saying before, after you did open it up and you got Taysom involved, you got Jameis involved, then in the, in the, the last 10 minutes, you decided to just take your foot off the gas and just run the most vanilla offense we've seen in a long time. It's insane. It's insane to me. I know I'm going to like run out of air over here and just pass out while I'm recording because I'm just baffled by what's going on with the Saints, but it's just wild to me. It absolutely is. And you guys bring up Kamara. 
And I'll, I'll, I'll say it again. I love Alvin Kamara. I think Alvin Kamara is one of the best football players in the NFL. I think he is an absolute beast. But what are we doing not using Kamara as a receiver? What, what are we doing? And I get it. Maybe, maybe teams are just defending him so well that I don't realize while I'm watching as a spectator. But there's got to be some way. There's got to be some way. Because remember when we had the quarterback discussion and why I said that I wanted James Winston over Taysom Hill, I said, I don't think Taysom Hill can use Kamara as a receiver. Well, apparently, if it's not Drew Brees at quarterback, no one uses Kamara at receiver. And I don't even know if it's Jameis' fault. I don't really think it is that much his fault. I think the Saints are also just not finding great situations. To play a Giants team with no Blake Martinez to get, a, to, get to a point where Kamara doesn't have a linebacker mismatch in this game and a passing where, where it's an angle route or an option route. Like, are you kidding me? How does that not happen? I, I find that crazy. Got to find a way. Because when you're using Kamara as a receiver too, you take some of the load off him as a runner, which is a lot of punishment that you take when you're behind and in between the tackles. So just a lot of bad for the Saints. And I know a lot of people think that the easy thing for me to sit here is say, oh, when Michael Thomas comes back and Anyamata comes back and Eric McCoy comes back, this is a good team. Wrong. I disagree. I disagree. I know it's week four, but I've seen enough to say even when these guys come back, the Saints are who they are. They're inconsistent and they're going to drive you nuts. And some weeks you're going to feel like a million bucks. And the next week you're going to feel like you just got kicked to the curb by your ex-girlfriend. That's how you're going to feel with the New Orleans Saints. That's how you're going to feel. Because this New Orleans Saints team, they're not bad. They're not bad, but they're not great. And they're inconsistent. And it's going to be a week-to-week grind and a week-to-week figuring out what the hell this team can be on their best day and what they could be on their worst day. So what we know on their best day, they could beat the Green Bay Packers. And we know on their worst day, they could lose at home to the New York Giants. And that is scary, and that is weird, and that is an uncomfortable territory for us Saints fans who have been living in, I would say, living in glory over the last four years when you have that kind of time period where you're constantly making the playoffs and being great. So it is frustrating, absolutely. And here's the thing. You guys bring up Jameis Winston in the chat, and I'll mention it. And again, like I said, if you're on Twitter, Twitter deactivated comments. Come over to YouTube, drop your comments, and I'll pull them up. You guys talk about Jameis and whether or not it looks like he's in the red, in the doghouse in the red zone. I, I don't actually think that's the case. I, I said this last year in the playoff game against the Bucks, and I'll say it again. I don't think it's as much of a doghouse thing. I think the Saints know that their passing attack with their lack of talent at receiver makes it hard for guys to get open in tight windows. So what is the best way to just kind of have a a rebuttal to that is get Taysom Hill in, run the rock, bring that power QB run, and figure it out there. So even if it was Drew Brees at quarterback, I don't think that they would be running plays with him in the red zone at this point. I think that you have to almost go with Taysom Hill because who is going to win a one-on-one matchup with, with, with Michael Thomas out? Is Marquez Cowley going to win a one-on-one matchup? I don't know. Is Deontay Harris? I don't know. Is Adam Troutman? Fuck no with the way he's playing. That's an absolute no. He's been god-awful. So if it's not Jameis threading the needle on Jawan Johnson on the touchdown pass, which, by the way, was a beautiful throw by Jameis Winston, I don't know what the answer is for the red zone. So I think for the Saints, playing Taysom Hill was a decent answer in the red zone. And it also limits the margin of error for Taysom Hill because it's not like he has to throw a deep ball in the red zone, and we know he can't throw a deep ball. It's terrible. It doesn't work. So... I am really, really, really um, just not feeling this Saints offense. I'm not. And yeah, on a positive note, Adam Trauman had a catch today. Should we get his gold jacket ready? I have whiffed, obviously, before. I've absolutely whiffed on who I thought would be good, who I thought would be bad. And I'm not saying Adam Trauman's career is over, like just done, and he's a bust. But it's four games, and Adam Trauman's highlight is a holding penalty on a Kenny Stills touchdown. That's his highlight this season because that was the only time this year that I was like, hey, it's Adam Trotman, and he made a bad play. So I am at the point with Adam Trotman where it's like, if you do not step up soon, 
then when? When are you going to show us that you are a legit playmaker in this offense? He's been very disappointing. Very. And that whole giraffe class, as far as I'm concerned, was Cesar Ruiz, who apparently refuses to snap the ball on fourth down when there's a clear encroachment penalty. The whole point of a neutral zone infraction, you got to snap the football to make sure that the opposing team jumps, the refs see it, you get that first down. That is back-to-back weeks. Back-to-back weeks that Cesar Ruiz fucked it up. So I can't wait till Eric McCoy comes back because then Ruiz goes to guard and he can't hurt us in as many ways as he can hurt us at center. So Ruiz has been bad. Bond doesn't even see the field, but that's a good thing because I'm going to talk about Pete Werner in a second. I thought he is. He looked fantastic. So Ruiz, Bond, and Troutman, I mean, that is just the, the three musketeers of idiots. Literally idiots, those three. There's no, no positive contribution from the 2020 class, which is hilarious because I remember 2018 was like the, the vaunted class of like, oh man, you know, Davenport and Traquan, they never play. At least when they play, they do something. The other guys, they're always playing. They just do nothing. So I, the 2020 class for me is just an utter shit show right now, and I am not feeling it. And you mentioned Drew getting people to jump. I'm going to be honest. I love Drew, and Drew was so good at it, so I'm not taking anything away from Drew. Drew was a master at that. Jameis Winston, back-to-back weeks now, got the defense to jump. Ruiz just didn't snap the football, and that is that is a huge issue if you're the Saints. So I, I think that that's got to be figured out, and we'll see what happens there. So I, I said to myself, I'm not going to be all negative. I'm not going to be all negative. I'm going to have some positive. So let's talk about some positive things here because it's Sunday, and it's a nice day out. So I don't want to sit here just be bashing on the Saints and just end it there. I thought that Pete Werner looked great. Not good. I thought Pete Werner looked great. I thought Pete Werner sideline to sideline was moving well. He was one of the few guys keeping up with Saquon Barkley today, which was absolutely a rarity, I would say, with the way that the Saints played. I think think about it. Saquon was just running loose. The only time Saquon had a bad play is when he fumbled. And guess what? No one was on him. He fumbled by himself. So I thought Pete Werner was one of the few who actually did a good job of sticking with pretty much Saquon and any guy over the middle that was elusive for the Giants. So I I thought that was a a pretty good thing. I thought Jameis Winston played well. I said it a million times. I'll say it again. I will say that um, I'm losing my mind here. Alvin Kamara played extremely well. I thought these are positives. I thought Marcus Williams at times showed really good range. But that's it. That's it. The D-line was god-awful. I can't wait for Cam Jordan's you know, 24-hour rule and calling us fake fans because we actually hold players accountable for not playing well, which is a crazy idea, right? So if Cam Jordan didn't play this season, just doesn't show up, and us fans say, hey, by the way, Cam Jordan didn't play well, come on. Don't, don't give us that fake, shit, fake, uh, fake fan bullshit. That does not work. So I, I thought that Jameis looked good. I thought Pete Werner looked good. I thought Alvin Kamara looked good. I thought Marcus Williams looked good, and I do agree. I think that Jameis, with Michael Thomas back, I think you'll get more of an understanding as to what he could be if, and only if, Sean Payton takes the training wheels off. Because I thought, I actually thought that Jameis played really well today. I would go as far as to say I thought that was the best Jameis Winston played. And I know you're going to get say, what well, Chris, he threw five touchdown passes against the Packers. I didn't think he was that great against the Packers. I think the Saints had great field position. And I think Jameis did a good job of taking what the defense gave him. Today, he pushed it when he could. And he made throws downfield that we've been dying to see. So, I liked what the way Jameis played. I liked Kamara. I liked Werner. But I'm not done. I'm going to go some negative here, a little bit more. I said it, and I think the Saints Happy Hour podcast was talking about with Ralph and Andrew about this. We all agreed. At some point in the year, Will Lutz's injury 
was going to bite them in the ass. And I'm not blaming Will Lutz. Injuries happen, so do not take it that way. Will Lutz got injured. He'll be back soon. I can't wait till he returns. Aldrick Rosas is terrible. They got to add an extra S to that last name to be Rosas because he is just fucking awful. The thing that blows my mind, just blows my mind about Rosas is this. He can't make a 36-yarder. He can't make a 48-yarder. But they sent him out for a 58-yarder today. A 58-yarder. And they're like, oh, well, it had the leg. I don't care if it had the leg. It wasn't even close in terms of accuracy. So I can't believe that the Saints actually send him out there. It made no sense to me. You have reached the point with your kicking situation that you got two options. Go for it or pin your defense back. That's it. I don't want to see Aldrick Rosas kick another field goal for the rest of the goddamn season. I don't care if Will Lutz doesn't come back. Make Taysom Hill kick a goddamn field goal. It's, it's insane to me. It's absolutely insane. How about Jake Verity, the, the backup kicker for the Ravens? I believe he is um, he's on their practice squad right now. How about go sign him off Baltimore's practice squad if he's not protected? There is no way that you watched last weekend's game against the Patriots and you thought, yeah, one more game for Rosas is good. Are you kidding me? If I go to my job and I suck ass for three straight weeks, you think they're going to bring me back for a fourth week? That's on the Saints, man. That's not on Rosas. Rosas can suck all he wants, but man... It, no way. No way. Like, Rosas can be terrible, but if the Saints keep bringing him back, then we're the suckers, not him. So I, that's all I'm going to say about that. But I think if you're the Saints, got to figure something out. Got to get another kicker. They are not doing a good job here. And that's the problem. That's, that's a huge problem for the Saints. So the field goal unit's bad. The defensive line, they need Marcus Davenport, man. I'll say it a million times. You guys can crack jokes about Marcus Davenport and call him two first or anime man or whatever the hell you guys call him. I don't know what you guys call him at this point, but... Marcus Davenport's a good football player, and the Saints on their defensive line need a guy like Marcus Davenport who can just kind of get something out of nothing, which is what he's known for doing. So I really, really can't wait till he comes back because when Davenport comes back, maybe that means you get less of Cam Jordan and you get more of a rotation with using Cam and using Tano and using Granderson and using Turner and Davenport. So we'll see. Now, you guys ask, is Peyton Turner hurt? Peyton Turner left towards overtime, I believe, or fourth quarter late. They said he was fine. We'll know on the injury report, but I don't think it was anything long-term or serious, so I think it'll be fine. And I agree, yeah, getting David on your mata back, and that's another thing. Two more games to go with him being suspended. It will absolutely, absolutely just help him, getting on your mata back. And I, yeah, and I agree. Look, you guys talk about Davenport. I totally agree. It's the injuries. It's not that he's not good. It's the injuries. He's never healthy, and it's frustrating. It's actually the same thing with Traquan Smith, if we're being honest, guys. Traquan Smith is always hurt. It's not that he's not good. It's that he's not available, and availability is the best ability in the NFL, and he doesn't have it. So it's frustrating, but it goes to my point, though, that they absolutely need more playmakers on this team. And, and I could sit here, and I can use the injury excuse and say they didn't have McCoy, they didn't have Thomas, they didn't have Armstead, and rattle off the list of guys on IR, which is just wild. But I'm not going to do it because they should have won this game and they lost. And they were up 21 to 10 in the fourth quarter and had control of the game. 21 to 10 with the ball, I should say. Crowd was roaring and they didn't win. They didn't close it out. And I think the one thing we know in the NFL, because the Saints used to do it when, you know, the last couple of years, good teams close out those games. Good teams close it out. Good teams, when you have a chance and you can just squash the opponent, you squash the opponent. And the Saints didn't do that. And there's so many reasons why they didn't do it. And frankly, guys, I think there's going to be more moments this year where it happens because they're just not at the level, obviously not at the level like 2020 or 2019 or 2018. And that is the frustrating part. So where do the Saints go from here? And I think that's a big question. Probably what I'll spend the last six, five to six minutes on. I wish I knew. I wish I knew. 
because the Saints play Washington next. Who knows with that team? Then you play at Seattle. Good luck. Then you play Tampa Bay. Good luck. I don't know. Now, that doesn't mean the Saints can't win those games. If the Saints are on, they could win all three of those games. The problem is, I don't know what Saints team's going to show up. And as you guys can tell, that's a huge problem. An absolute huge problem. Absolutely. And yeah, to your point, there are like ways to spin this. I could spin this and say, oh, you know, now the Saints are going to be sharp. They are going to be sharp today moving forward because of this loss. I I don't know. I don't know. Because this is not the same Saints team anymore. And it it just, it, it just, you know, it's easy for me to sit here and say, well, the quarterback is different and everything's different. The whole team is just different. The whole team, and I really don't know where they're going to go from here. It doesn't mean that I lost faith in the Saints. I It just confirms my belief the Saints are who I thought they were. thought they were going to be inconsistent this year. I thought 10-7 was the ceiling because they're, they are inconsistent. And they can still get to 10-7. They only have to go 8-5 to finish this year, which is possible. And obviously that is down the road. But it's going to be interesting. It's absolutely going to be interesting. And, and you talk about laundry list of things to get this offseason. They need receivers. They need another D lineman. They need, they got to figure something out on left tackle because I don't think they're going to keep Armstead. So you got to figure out your long term solution there. Do you need a quarterback? I guess we're going to find out. I think the answer is probably yes, but even then, absolutely. Yeah, there, I, I want to throw this out here real quick. The other reason why I'm not making excuses and why I'm trying to like be as negative as possible with this is there, there is no good loss in the NFL. No good loss. And especially when you lose to the winless Giants, who, by the way, a week ago, everyone wanted to fire Jason Garrett and Joe Judge. But now today, they're going to be running victory laps. So I I think it's crazy. I think it's a crazy bad loss. And to your point, guys, you have home field advantage. First game in the Dome in a whole year, pretty much. you know, And first game in the Dome with full fans since the 2020 playoffs, which is the 2019 season. And you don't step up. How about switching to Debo and Roby? A Debo struggled today. Look, guys, I, I think that we're going to see more Roby. I actually thought Roby played really well towards the end of this game, but I also don't think the Saints are just going to penalize a Debo for one bad game. I think that would be pretty crappy coaching by the Saints. I think when you have a team that is young and is finding themselves, and a Debo looked really good before this game, I think it's kind of unfair to just bench him after one bad game. Now, if he keeps putting up bad tape, yeah, then a Debo is going to sit his ass on the bench. But for now, I think the Saints may be rotating. I think that could work, but figuring it out. Should they tank? Are you asking for Chris Olave? If, if the answer is yes, no. I would not tank from for Chris Olave because, frankly, Chris Olave is going to be there, and if Chris Olave is not there, take his teammate Garrett Wilson. But let's be real. The Saints are not going to draft a wide receiver because I've been saying it for years to take one, and they're not taking one. So I, I just don't think it's going to happen. Next week is going to be huge. Can't go into the bye with a losing record. You are absolutely correct. And the good news for the Saints is – they are playing a team next year, next week, next year, next week. That's as inconsistent as them because the Washington football team are pretty much the NFC East version of the Saints. Really talented on defense, have no clue what I'm going to get on offense. And if everything works together, they can beat any team any week. But if not, then they lose bad games like Washington does when they get blown out by the Bills or they get blown out by the Chargers or they almost lose to the Giants. So absolutely, absolutely. And yeah, look, I am not for tank. I'll say this every single time. The Saints are too good to tank. So anyone who wants to see this team tank, when they win a minimum of eight games this year, you're probably going to be pissed. But there's no tanking. There's no tanking in the world. It's not going to happen. If it didn't happen the year when they had no coach 
in 2012. It's not going to happen in 2021. So I, I don't know where the Saints go from here, guys. I don't think this is a loss where you just bury everything and say the season's over. That would be stupid. But I think it's a loss where you have to sit back and you have to be very realistic because I know a lot of Saints fans who told me this is a Super Bowl year or Super Bowl caliber roster to say, and I don't see it. That doesn't mean they can't be one, but I don't see it. And if you still see it, good for you. Give me whatever glasses or whatever fucking vision you got because I don't know how you see it. I don't. And, and they could they could be Washington next week and I could feel pretty good going to the bye, which would be ideal. That would be the best scenario. But I just think that, man, I, I just don't, I don't know with this team. I don't know. I don't know. And, and I, and I want to say one more thing before I end this because I don't want to keep ranting here and making you guys feel like you know it's all doom and gloom. It's a beautiful Sunday out here. Everyone should be enjoying their Sunday. At some point, though, I need to see the Saints rip off the Band-Aid and just figure it out. What's going on with Jameis Winston? Let him throw it. If he ends up throwing 20 picks, I don't care. At least we know what the result is and we know Jameis is who Jameis is. But if Jameis is cooking like he was at some point today and you take your foot off the gas, that's on you, Sean Payton. That's on you. I said going into the season, you can't make Jameis Winston Teddy Bridgewater because Jameis Winston's not Teddy Bridgewater. He's not. Teddy sees the field better. Teddy's more of a general in terms of just leading everyone. Teddy does kind of reads the defense better. Jameis Winston has a bigger arm, more versatile, can move a little bit better, especially now when he's lost weight. Figure it out. Figure it out. I don't care if you're afraid that he's going to screw up, I need answers. You need answers. We all need answers, man. We can't sit here and let Jameis play a very conservative style of game and be like, oh, well, you know, maybe he just wasn't our quarterback this year. All right. I mean, maybe he wasn't, but I would like to know the right way. And maybe it's because they don't have receivers. And they don't trust Jameis to air it out with a shit receiving corpse. But guess what? If your receiving corpse is shit, why didn't you draft one? Kawan Baker in the seventh round is not an answer. It's not. You apparently liked Elijah Moore. You apparently liked Dwayne Eskridge. You didn't take any of them. It's just really, really stupid for me. Really stupid. You know, and, I, and again, I'm not, I, I'm not saying that Jameis is the answer and Sean's preventing him from being the answer. I'm saying the O-line block today. Jameis played well in the second half. Why are we still playing conservative football? Why? Why? I, I don't know, man. I wish I knew. I wish I knew. Say it one more time. I wish I freaking knew. And I don't know what they're going to do at wideout. I don't know if they're going to bring in all the rejects like Golden Tate and just work them out and just say, hey, hey you want to play for the Saints this year? I mean, I guess they would say yes at this point because, you know, what, what else can you do? But come on. Come on. You had no passing attack, no receivers. It's, it's insane. It was insane. And thank you. Thank you, Mike, for putting in the chat that I'm going to bring this up real quick. The Saints know damn well why Jameis Winston was drafted first. It has nothing to do with him being Mr. Conservative, taking what the defense gives him. It's Mr. I'm just going to air this thing out because I'm Brett, Brett Favre in a sense. You know, I'm not saying he is Brett Favre. I'm saying that's his playing style. So, man, you got to figure this shit out because I don't think us Saints fans can take a whole year of them making Jameis Winston Alex Smith. Makes no sense. It makes no damn sense. So either come out here and say you don't trust Jameis, and it's easier for us. But the play calling is also unfair because you're watching this game and there's no reason you should have lost. There's no reason. The Saints should be 3-1 and one right now, and they're not. 
And I'm not saying that, that Sean's the sole purpose they lost, but woof, woof. I, it's, it's just very, very frustrating. It's very frustrating. You know, and I, I, I am a big fan of playing Taysom Hill. I think that Taysom Hill should play. I think he's a valuable player. But there are times where Jameis is dealing. He had 12 straight completions at one point, and then he got yanked. And it is just really, really frustrating. Really frustrating. I, I don't know where the Saints go from here. I know that they don't trust Jameis, so I know that a lot of people are going to come at me and say, well, maybe Jameis is the issue. And, and this, it might, be, it might be that. It might be that. I, honestly, I don't know. Jameis could just still be bad and, and, and that be the problem. But I'd rather at some point the Saints take the Band-Aid off and just live with the decisions because it's through four weeks and you're two and two. It's not like you're through four weeks and you're four and oh, and because you're four and oh, or three and one, you can say, all right, I can live with the, the playing around and being super conservative. You're two and two. So you're playing 500 football with this rink-a-dink offense. that's just not good. So the Saints have to figure this out and us fans need answers, but where do they go from here? I don't know. We just got to hope that they win in Washington. That's going to do it, guys, for this edition of the Straight Up Saints podcast. I appreciate all of you who came on YouTube. Drop your comments. I will be back on Wednesday previewing their game with Washington, and we'll talk there. So make sure you guys join the live stream there. I'll bring up your comments, as always, and we can chat about what's going on with the Saints. Hopefully some positive news will actually hit this team for a change. But that's going to do it here. Please enjoy the rest of your Sundays, guys. Do not let these guys ruin the party for the rest of you. It's a nice day. Enjoy it. Hope you guys enjoy this upcoming week, and hopefully the Saints can bounce back next week against the Washington football team. You're listening to the Straight Up Saints podcast.